I'm Stephen Jack Butella. And I'm Jill DeWitt, and this is the Land Academy Show. This is episode number 1,967, and today we are talking about how and where the real money is made with Land Academy. And then a little bit later on in the show, we're talking about reviewing Western Montana as a land acquisition candidate, because Jill and I are here for about a week. Mm-hmm. This is good. And hey, we're it. By the way, speaking of Montana... This is one of the greatest things about what we're doing. Here we are on the road in our RV. Who would have thought, could you could you even imagine we woke up today not planned and we have the Blue Angels literally doing practice maneuvers over our heads. I was, uh, I think, having that exact same thought about 10 minutes ago. Like, what the heck? What, how lucky are we? And we just roll into this stuff. You know, and it, that's, that's really what it is. So mm-hmm. We didn't plan for this, but Mm-mm. we're just driving all over the country right now and uh, we're falling backwards into fun stuff mm-hmm. it's not all fun <laughs> oh 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 come on you know what if anything if you if you want to get closer to your partner here's what you do you start a company together mm-hmm. you get heavily involved in everything that they do yeah <laughs> and then an opinion about everything oh they do. and then you take it on the road and then you put yourselves in really close quarters for an then extended amount of time. Between 5 and 20 yards from each other for months and, and oh, gosh. a time. Well, sometimes there's no yards together. <laughs> <laughs> like now. <laughs> yeah, like, like this minute. I wish it was 5 to 20 yards all the time. How can we make that happen? <laughs> I'm going to start following you in the Jeep, and you're going to lose me at some point. Yeah. I'm going to be like, where'd she go? It's happened. Yeah, yeah, I left. <laughs> hey, as long as I know you're safe, you can go to another state if you'd like. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it's mutual, babe. And Montana is not a small state, so that would take a couple days, maybe. There we go. <laughs> that didn't take long. Each uh, week on the show, we answer questions from our Land Academy member Discord forum. We review land acquisitions from our weekly member webinars, and we take a deep dive into two land-related topics usually by request. If you want a sneak peek of our Discord forum, go to landacademy.com. It's free. It's in the resources section. Cool. Hey, by the way, don't forget, too, you can always text us. So if you want us to answer your question and you already just simply want some help getting started in our community, send us a note. Text us at 480-530-7383. Read them all, and your question just might pop up here. Let's take a question, Jill. All right. Mike wrote, hi, everyone. Would any of you guys acquire a 7.6 acre property that looks good, but has a cell phone slash radio tower with an outhouse on the back side of it? The land and the tower, the land for the tower, takes up about one acre and it has its own access road. The previous owner signed a deal for the tower to indefinitely lease the space for a one-time payment. The tower in the outhouse is what really is throwing me off on this one. So one of our members wrote in here, so I'm going to read that first and then we'll, we'll weigh in on it. So Dave S. wrote, hey Mike, I literally just completed a deal very much like this. Mine was about a six and a half acre property in an industrial park. The property backed up to a creek and the rear third of the property was actually in the flood in a floodplain. So the tower and the outbuilding took up a much smaller footprint, maybe 100 to 200 square feet in the back left corner of the property. And the right-of-way 
one along the border of the property and at the rear. So it really didn't impact yeah. any use anyone would have for the rest of the property. The guy I bought it from had agreed to the same right of way in perpetuity yeah. for a one-time payment. Brilliant, by the way, in these cell phone guys. I'm going to give you $50,000 and you're never going to charge me again. So they That's learned, a whole other thing. I don't want to interrupt your reading here, but they learned from the uh, the uh, outdoor advertising billboards mm-hmm. the mistakes that they made by right. paying for that stuff forever. Exactly. So this is because I priced it far below. Oh, long story short, I had multiple offers the day it was listed. And that's because I priced it, you know, way below market value. The buyer I ended up selling it to made some noise about the tower, but it was more like he was trying to find out every last detail yeah. rather than he was trying to get out of the deal. He just wanted to know what he's getting into. I totally get it. So this is great. I bought for 46000 listed for 199000 and ended up selling it for one ninety five. So yeah, if your numbers look good, do the deal. I was gonna say that anyway. Don't you agree? Yeah, I, I think. But geez, I you know, this is how many years now. If the numbers are great, if you're buying a piece of property for fifty thousand dollars, selling it for two hundred, and uh, and it's probably worth. So if it sells that fast, it's probably worth a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And so the good news is that, and this is ironic. The cell tower itself may be seen as a reason why they're getting the other part of the property so inexpensively. Mm-hmm. So it's all about buying it super cheap. You know, and all these numbers make sense to me, too. So think about it. If you have not walked a five-acre property in a while, you should. It's massive. It's really good. Yeah. So so now you're seeing these are six-and-a-half and, and seven-and-a-half-acre properties. We're still ending up with a good five-acre chunk of land. That's plenty of room. Absolutely. things with um so don't this goes on um i don't have it here but in discord you should go look at it if you if you'd like to it goes on everybody weighs in because we've all we all get properties back from mm-hmm. our mailers that have that there's cell towers and that's not going to change not it's always only going to increase but and almost always they're a great deal a lot of times there there's monthly uh you know there's a monthly recurring revenue stream that's coming in which is even better well here's the other thing too this is for you to know about the mentality of these sellers. They already cashed in. So they've already got money in their heads for the property. So that kind of warms them up to taking a eh, so-so, you know, offer to you. So maybe maybe this this person might have wanted to sell it like in what's the is this um Dave. So maybe in Dave's deal, you know, he's buying it for 46,000. Maybe the guy already got 100,000 dollars for it you know kind of thing so what do you what do you mean i mean, just no, I'm just oh i know <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was scro- <laughs> that was scroll up that was code for uh jack here anyway so you know here's part of the thinking and i would do this too i i, I often put my head because i'm the one that's talking that or my team is talking to these sellers right where where are they coming from so this guy already got some money for the property he's already feeling good about he maybe already got Everything he already invested in the property with that one cell tower, cell tower, cell tower uh, sale before Dave got to him. So now when Dave gets to him and he offers $46,000, the guy's like, hey, I already cashed in. Heck, yeah, I'll take another fifty for this property and just walk away now. Ka-ching, I'm done. And and Dave got a great deal. We had a deal like that last Thursday in, uh, on our Thursday weekly member call. Uh, where it was deforested. So same situation, mm-hmm. same oh, yeah. economic situation. The person's owns a piece of property once or twice, 
uh, twice in a lifetime of ownership of that property gets deforested probably one time. And so you'll get a chunk of change first, and then you get to sell the land. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. Yep. It's not a hard sell. Yep. <laughs> Today's first topic, how and where the real money is made with Land Academy. So how is it made? We're uh, more and more and more. We get questions that are outside the realm of Discord. You know, they're from people that are in the real estate business or uh, in the, another type of business where it's very logical to them and to improve the piece of property or the asset that they're uh, actually going to sell. And so this is a natural, normal state. Uh, geez, we're smacked with this message everywhere you look, especially like HGTV or uh, in a manufacturing environment, let's say, where the basic concept is you buy something, you do some cool stuff to it. In the case of HGTV, you, you renovate a house, God forbid. Or in a manufacturing environment, you buy two or three raw material type components, uh, do a bunch of stuff to those components, maybe attach them, I don't know, maybe uh, shape them or whatever ends up happening in a manufacturing environment and sell it for a lot more. You know, the sum of the, of the parts is worth more than the raw material, plus the labor that goes in to change it. Well, that is not the case in buying and selling land. And so, Jill, because we... Uh, At least the way we do it. Deal fund. Yeah. Because I mean, there's money to be made, that's true, but we want to hit home with the way we do it. So more and more and more, we're seeing people come up, uh, up into this environment saying, hey, I can buy this piece of property and I can split it, this 40-acre piece of property, and split it into, you know, 19 other separate pieces of property and make some money. Mm-hmm. And that's all true, but that's not where the real money's made. Mm-hmm. The real money is made buying a piece. It's what what the person in the uh, in the questions right before this said. Here, I bought this piece of property for fifty thousand bucks and sold it for two hundred thousand. Right. That's what we do. This came up because for me, I want to talk about this today because I I have a guy that came to me, not a Land Academy member, submitted a deal for deal funding through land landfunding.com as a website. If you want to know where you can do this, you don't have to be a member. So they popped this deal in here and it came to me to review. And it was, um, I can't remember what the acreage was. I'm going to say somewhere around 20 acres. It was 20 to 40 acres. Um, I believe it might have been Florida. I, I didn't look it up today. So I'm just kind of going from memory. And it was like, buy for a million. <laughs> Put in the, you know, as That's a group. Great, so actually. he's looking for, and it's actually not nuts. I mean, everything he's saying is not nuts. So, but let me paint the picture here. Hey, Jill, you want to get in on this deal? Well, here's the property. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to put in the roads. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We have it all spec'd out. We know how it's going to go. And, you know, by the time we're all done, you know, we're going to combine. We're all going to put in money to make $1.2 million, whatever. And at the end, it's going to be $4 million or something, let's just say. So it, it all, it, it is all true. Slash, however, I just had to say, I don't, A, I don't like that place. I'm not real comfortable in that area. I would definitely reach out to people in Land Academy that know that area even better than I do. Um, And then number two, um, it's just the time involved and the work involved. And and so going going from that number, going from 1.2, let's just say I did it by myself, 1.2 to $3 million in the course of, I don't know, two to three years by the time you're all done. That's the thing which is very real, right? Yep. Slash, however, that's kind of going to be what that, that all that person's going to do in that time. 
you know? And like, Jill, what's wrong with that? There's nothing nothing wrong with that. But it's just, it's so much work. And I'm going to argue, because I can do it and I can prove it. I can do that in a year and not have to go through all that work. That's the whole point here. You can work, or even the same amount of work. Boy, putting in the same amount of hours, sitting at that person's desk. Oh, and by the way, they can't do it from an RV because there's times I got to show up out there and look at stuff and make sure the holes are in the right place and things are plowed the way it should be. And oh my gosh, people showed up, right? Or there is an extra expense of hiring a foreman to oversee all that too. There's so many things that are different that you have to think about uh, and plan for to get to the end on that, that I just, it doesn't make sense. So that's where we come back to the land Academy model. You know, it, Maybe it's not going to be as, as fancy as like, that's my subdivision. I named all the streets after my kids because you can do that, right? And I call it, you know, instead of Del Webb, it's Del Jill. You know, whatever. <laughs> I come Del up with Jill. that. Del Jill. <laughs> and there's a Jack Street and a mm-hmm. Jill Street. And I put the clubhouse in your name. <laughs> you know, whatever I want to do. I put the HOA. I make an HOA. I mean, dream it up. All this stuff is really possible, you guys. But f- Why? That's the point. What are you really doing? What are you doing? What are you really doing? Yeah. Are you trying to make money here and make your life easy? Or are you trying to get your name on a building? Because we were, this is a thing too, you know, people want their names on buildings. As we're driving around in these old towns, you look up, you see Stapleton. Okay. Well, who was Mr. Stapleton who built that eight story building in downtown Billings? In 1890. Right. Who, who was that person? I don't even know anymore, but boy, they had their name on the building. That was definitely a thing. Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for one single thing to be ridiculously successful in Land Academy. And that is finding undervalued land. You need to master that in a, a, a true sense of the word. Send a ton of mail out, review the properties, uh, and, and identify the fact that they're a great deal. That's it. That's all you have to do. And so I've, I've been in the acquisition, in, a, in an acquisition seat my entire professional career since the very, very early 90s in all different types of capacities. And what people expect from you, uh, if you're a, a, an up-and-coming acquisition person, which you all are, you're your own up-and-coming acquisition person, is to find great deals, undervalued deals in our case, for land that can be resold quickly without doing anything. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about the time. Learn how to send out mail, answer the phone, or get somebody else to answer the phone, and identify tons and tons and tons of properties that are inexpensive or undervalued and prepped. So somebody, you can prep them or somebody else can prep them for resale. If in that big stack of amazing deals is a subdividable deal in like East Texas or something, I say Texas because it's uh, easier to subdivide property there than it is I think in anywhere else in the country great mm-hmm. line up that deal that 1.2 million dollar deal that's going to be worth 3.5 in three years or whatever Jill said mm-hmm. against the pile of deals that you're going to buy for $50,000 and sell for 200 like cell phone guy earlier What? Are, which one are you going to choose you're going to choose a pile of deals where you can do nothing and get money fast or there's one other scenario you don't necessarily have to kick that deal to the curb. So let's just think about this here. That $1.2 million deal, what if it's really worth in its current condition 2.5? Okay. Now you're talking because this, it's in the, it's, now it's in the original right. pile. 
don't get so, don't like, oh, but I can do this, this, and this and make my 2.5, 3.5. Hold on a moment. What if my 1.2 in six months, I can cash out at 2.5 and not do any of that work? One of the hardest. That's what I want to do, and that's the Land Academy model. One of the hardest lessons I've learned and continue to learn professionally is walking away from situations where I know it's going to make a bunch of money. I'll give you a weird example because Jill and I are driving around all over the country and I'm looking at and doing constantly doing math at these RV parks where we're staying and how much money they make and what little maintenance is involved and expense and all of that. Jill and I could go buy three or four of these things, add 20 more units, not units, but 20 more locations to it really quickly if we had the right business partner. And nope, we have, Jill and I, ha this happens all the time. It happens almost nightly. We have a couple glasses of wine or a beer. <laughs> we talk about how great it would be. I do all the math. We high five each other. And then we come to our senses about it and say, no, stop. All we got to do is just continue to buy and sell land. Mm -hmm. That's where the dough is. That's right. where the real money is made with Land Academy, doing one thing really well. Yeah. That's that's so truth that we like, we, we really do. To, like, I can you imagine here, here's how we go. Hey, isn't this park beautiful? Yeah. And this is all that's involved. Well, I can do that. We could do this. We could do that. Let's go buy it, build the most beautiful park. Then, then we go, uh oh, but who's going to run it? I'm not going to run it. Are you going to run it? I'm not going to run it. And then, okay, now we need a manager. Oh, great. Well, who's going to manage the manager? I'm not going to do it. Are you going to do it? I'm not going to do it. That's how it goes. And so, <laughs> and that's a pretty extreme example, but we come up with model products specifically within well, Land Academy. Like, wow. We've identified this situation, like, let's say, uh, you know, in the southwestern part of the country where there's specific types of data that are more available than, let's see, the northeast. We should do this product. We should put it all together. We've got staff in place to do it. And then we come to our senses and say, you know what? We should just continue to buy and sell land. I'm going to argue, this is my final point, that we have gone there. One of the values and reasons that you're following us and one of the reasons everybody's in Land Academy is because we have since the 90s with him and then combined probably floating into 17,000 transactions. And these are not our members. These are our transactions, by the way. Somewhere between 16 and over 16,000 transactions. We've done it. We've done it. We've had. We've done it right we've done, and wrong. We've done other, all these other, we've done the niches that we're talking about, these little offshoots. You know, we've gone there so many times, and at the very end of the day, we come back to land, we come back to our very simple model, because you could, you could work hard as you want or as little as you want, create the life that you want, and I'm telling you, buying and selling land the way we do it has always kept food on the table, and I never worry about it. Well said. Let's take a look at one of our favorite land acquisitions from our weekly Thursday member webinar. Thurston County, Washington, accepted offer price $24,000, thinks we can sell it for $160 to $180. Those are my kind of numbers. <laughs> that is not one I would kick to the curb if you submitted it to me for deal funding based on that initial criteria. And you have yes under access. So we're good. Two acres. So the current owner purchased for $150 in 2008, and the previous guy bought it for $80 back in 1996. What a way to start off the call. Next to train tracks and the HOAs across the street. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but how do we do that? It's two acres, though. All right. Partially cleared electric to the line. Includes well and septic. Wow. One of the last vacant lots in the neighborhood. Everybody's alive. So he list listed it for $215, but he took it off the market after 82 days. Based on this, my agent recommends 
160 to 180 for a quick sale has potential gopher soils like most of Thurston County would require a gopher survey for permitting. County says most projects can still go forward even if gophers are found. It's a good listing too. Let's go look at it um, when you have a minute to put the property address and find the posting. Yeah. It's going to tell us a lot right there. Sold for 153, relisted for 215 yeah. a lot of years later. This is this is the worst listing I've ever seen. What's the story? There And there could be more pictures. If they, you know, if I know, I've noticed like on Realtor, there might be more pictures. It just how many that, that pulled in. It used to be a manufactured home and large shop. That's really good. A church. That's why we have that stuff in place. Shoot, he will really let this go for $24,000. I have nothing, but I would probably do that. Oh, thank you, Carl. All right. I know I click on some of them. They'll have more photos. I go to old sites. I would buy this all day. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't even hesitate. Yeah. If there used to be an old structure on it, then that clears up use for me for the most part, unless mm -hmm. a lot of things have changed. I mean. Yeah, what's the story? He's no very motivated. I don't. Nah. Gophers don't stayed in one yard and i mean if you're feeling concerned about it then you just open escrow tell them you need 20 or 30 days to check mm -hmm. it all out and make sure it's okay yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh, carl i didn't know you were that i just thought you were younger than that <laughs> first caddyshack reference of the of the day That's awesome. <laughs> oh good this property has acreage for the area let's go through the a's Acreage, yes. Access complete has complete has uh, complete access. I'm looking for something wrong. Like honestly, Yuri, I'm like, hurry up for this guy changes his mind. Let's say it all goes really wrong. You sell for I don't care. Sell, sell it for, for 80. 50 or 80. Yeah. <laughs> and what's this house? What's this house value for right here? <laughs> so I would love to do this deal with you. Yeah. Just let us know. I'll take on the gophers. I'll go yeah. kill them myself or move them. Excuse this me. is probably. I will extract them and I will lovingly place them mm -hmm. somewhere else. If someone else is showing fest some other city. <laughs> this is a stand up double. I'll drive them down the coast. This is a fantastic deal. Hey, Career Path is coming up, Joe. Yes, it is. I'm so excited. <gasps> Career Path seven and eight. It's Our combined. last two for this year are coming up uh, at the, they start uh, in September. So it's coming up fast. Where can you get the details? Go to landacademy.com, look under programs. You're gonna find or join, I think it's under programs, one of the two, you'll find it. It's career path. We have two dates. We're gonna have Wednesday sessions and Saturday sessions. So you can flip flop around depending what is easy for you. It's the first time we've ever done that. And every year, gosh, every, every, session it just gets better we always are coming up with new things and new ways to look at stuff and just new tools resources things to make your life as an investor faster and easier and more efficient and make more money because you know what because we're doing it right here with you that's the thing about us too we are and always will be land investors right there with you so if you need it we need it and we're here to help you career path is a blast there's yeah. a lot of really successful people in there uh, there's also very brand new people, and it's a two-way street. I learn a ton, Jill learns a ton, and then uh, hopefully everybody who's there, you know, everybody who joins Career Path is in some place, and they want to be better. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to do more deals or make more money, or uh, it addresses that topic directly for eight weeks straight. Mm -hmm. Let's take another question posted by one of our members on the Land Academy Discord online community. Again, if you want a sneak peek, 
go to landacademy.com. It's free. Okay. Sid wrote, I'm in the process of buying a property in Texas that is owned by two sisters. I sent out the standard Land Academy purchase agreement and both sisters signed. I opened title with a local company and then I received a call from them. They said that the purchase agreement was okay, but it was not an executed contract unless all three parties signed. So I made myself a signature block, so I signed it, and then I resent it to them. Everybody's happy, and we're moving forward. I know that the above process is correct for house purchases in Texas, but this is a first in the land business. Have you seen this before, and should we add a buyer signature block going forward? We always have. I, th- I It should already be on there. Because I agree with that. There's an electronic signature, the way that we do it, and mm-hmm. the way I think most people do it. If you follow the offers to owner's way, you're, you're doing it correctly. Right. There's an auto, uh, a signature block for you as the buyer already. Mm-hmm. You're sending an offer out. And nine times out of ten for us, maybe more than that, the seller will sign it and send it back, and it mm-hmm. works. But more and more and more, and this is the real reason I put this question in here, title companies are kind of telling you yeah we need a little more from you and so you can fight it which i do not recommend or you can just say you know what sure i'll, I'll sign it the way you'd like me to sign it and send it back my assumption is somehow the 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 template that he was using or wherever he got it maybe he got it from somebody else accidentally accidentally um deleted that part so just so you know like ours should already have the signature on there like so what you're doing if you use the our regular template your signature's already on there they execute it, send it back. Now you have all three, you're good to go. Or you have both, whether it's you and just one person. So minor little tweak. Isn't it great though too? The nice thing is most title companies are cool about it. You're like, hey, no yeah. problem. I'll just do a quick DocuSign yep. or whatever it is. That's fine too. So You could even pile it all in the same paperwork that you send the, the uh, Astro company every single time. Mm-hmm. Today's second topic is reviewing Western Montana as a land acquisition candidate. Jill and I are in Western uh, Montana, midway through our stay here. And I'm uh, noticing that there's very two very, very distinct parts of uh, Montana, which and everywhere we go, it, there's always different stuff. So we obviously to travel back west from Michigan, we had to cross a lot of agricultural property until we got here, which I don't see much agricultural property at all. What I see is ranch land recreation land and infill lots in uh, very sparse out little towns. Um, the railroad was built and ran through the center of the country to, to haul agricultural stuff and supplies back and forth from each part of the, each side of the country. So there's a lot of little towns and I kept wondering why, why every single one of them are 10 miles apart. Mm-hmm. So I obviously looked it up and, and realized that way, way back in the original steam engine days uh, not the coal days, but the steam engine days for uh, trains and locomotives, they needed to fill up every 10 miles. So the country was kind of developed on that model. Every 10 miles, there's a little town. That's just not the case in Montana. I think the, by, I, I'm guessing, but I think that by that, by then, by the time that the West was developed, the 10 mile town to 10 mile sparsed out town in, let's say, Nebraska was unnecessary. Well, it's easy to do 10 miles when it's flat. Yeah. It's hard to do 10 miles everywhere. <laughs> like, okay, this is a spot in the Rockies. We need to put, we need to stop and put something. Not going to happen. <laughs> so you have bigger properties here. You have much larger ranch type properties or le- recreational properties, acreage wise. And then you have uh, much, many fewer 
uh, small towns. And some of these small towns are not, they're not all beat up and, you know, and left for dead like they are in the Midwest. It's one of the advantages of driving around the country and looking at mm-hmm. all this stuff. So you've got these, for lack of a better description, cute little towns left and, and that are actually thriving. And now I believe, and here's my point to all this, reviewing uh, Montana as a candidate, these little towns, and it's not necessarily Montana specific, are setting themselves up to be, they don't know it yet, amazing Zoom town locations where you can set up shop from a real estate standpoint or anything. If you work on the internet all the time, like we do, and you do because you're buying and selling land, these are great, great acquisition candidates that need to be presented once you buy them. These properties need to be presented as this is the up and coming thing from a Zoom town standpoint. If it's uh, infill lots and if it's recreational property in, in Montana, that speaks for itself. So listen, I would sit here and tell you if I really believed it, that Western Montana sucks as an acquisition candidate, but it doesn't. I think it's got some huge merit. Well, that's great, Jack, and I 100% disagree. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you why. Seriously? Totally disagree. Uh, how long have you been holding that in? Just just came to me. <laughs> oh, just wait. It's one of those kind of shows. <laughs> no, so here's the deal. I, Montana sounds all dreamy. Got it. It's Yellowstone. <laughs> Got it, right? Okay, what else what else we got going on? Oh, oh, let's it's a non disclosure state. Oh, that makes it even more dreamy, like, oh, I'm gonna uncover this. These are all things that go through our heads like I'm gonna kill it here and nobody's doing it and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna make so much money and these are the reasons why. But here's the thing. I thought all that too, until truth time a few days ago. We're driving into Montana. I'm looking at what Mon- what is what is Montana all about? I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at population. I'm looking at the resources. I'm looking at the industries. I'm looking at growth or not growth. I'm really digging into this stuff. So many, I just got to say, for me, I don't think there's, a, it's, it, it's not there yet. And the little towns in Montana are little towns. They have less than 10,000 people. That's little. That where's your buyer's pool there? That's not enough for me right now. You know, when you think about it, the biggest town we're sitting right now, I want to say 60 to 70,000 people, if I remember correctly, in the 2022 census. That's still a small town. And a lot of it, um, it's not growing. There's not new companies coming in. There's a heck of a lot of trucking and things moving through here. That's for sure. But I'm not sure... I don't, I think, and, and you know, it's reflected in the price of the properties here. We talked about that the other day as we're driving around. I'm like, wow, these are not, um, it's not expensive. How am I going to make money here? You know, what, what would someone want to buy this? So I, I don't, it's not that it's not an opportunity. So I don't mean to totally poo poo your thing, but <laughs> when you stack it up against some of the other, uh, parts of our country, it's so much easier to make uh, more money faster that I would target. And I, and it, and it pains me to say that because I do have a dreamy, dreamy, uh, heartfelt appreciation for Montana. Yeah. I think that it, I should have opened with this. It's got to pass the red green yellow test. Yeah. So, and there's places in the state, like every state and zip codes that are going to pass it and zip codes that aren't where you're going to, and you have to choose whether or not you're going to follow that pattern or, or if you're an experienced 
land investor veer from it. Yeah. I just know that Montana, from a ranch standpoint, it sells really well. Mostly to our friends from the West. Yeah. Who I'm not lo- allowed to talk about her anymore on the air. Jill, so I don't know. It's going to be interesting. So we're going to get to know more of Montana. And then we're going to go in some of the other states around here, too. So yep. I'm, I'm really excited. Let's take a look at another uh, one of our favorite land acquisitions from the weekly Thursday member webinar. Would you do this deal? Doherty County, Georgia, 13.3 acres. Access, yes. Um, accepted offer price, 70000 Realtor things could sell it for around 160. He's thinking, I'm going to be conservative and say 140. I like those numbers. Paved on both corners. Um, good high ground. Don't worry about the flood. Uh, no HOA. Water. Power, water, and well installed. Several septic tanks in the front. Able to support three or four mobile homes. Holy moly, what's going on here today, you guys? These are amazing. Great dirt today. So it's it's zone commercial C3. The remaining single family on the property is not owned by the seller. The mobile owner pays a small fee to park on the land. Other improvements include an installed driveway on the northwest corner. See it? That's nice. Like up there. I think that's part of it. Um, And the northeast portion about one acre of the land was graded and graveled 20 years ago and used as a lay down yard at one point commercial part was not yet dealt with so i would be to partner with someone that can support the financial side and has some experience where are we again georgia, georgia. Oh, what's that sign is that a mailbox let's see it's an orange something we, we, we rolled past it's just a barrel oh, okay the dirt looks great i don't see mobiles but this could be a, a lot of I have a very different year yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's see when we had the stuff on it. I like that. I think there's stuff on it now, Joe. Mm-hmm. So we only, this is 2019. So it happened since then. Mm-hmm. We go back. Oh, can we see what? It, this is 2014. I like that. There there's we the go. Models. Okay. So they were managing utilities somehow there. Uh-huh. And I don't know if that was in compliance or if, if this part of Georgia even requires it. Right. So it comes down to the money for me. Uh-huh. Every, all the other A's are, are, this is, it passes all the A's with flying colors. Except for, let's just see about affordable. Those are homes over there. He's looking for sales data, uh, ownership data. You know, we're just there's we're all, a C three, right? Okay. So the question is, can you? I've, yeah. It passes all my tests, all of them. The question is, can you sell it for what you think, which is us five for what? seventy, sell for one sixty, or even one forty, or Same. even one hundred, yeah, or one twenty. So. I'm going to take a look at the property right across the street. There's no data. Sometimes you can see recent sale information, the adjacent property, which is mm-hmm. some type of functioning um, on recycling situation for 730 sold in 2008. Mm-hmm. That's a really good sign. That's adjacent. Here's a house across the street. We think what's this worth? Just going to try to get a feel for any type of value for current house slash uh, commercial property at all that's listed or not listed. And then we'll go into Zillow and see 117,000 for a three bedroom house on a lot of acreage, three, mm-hmm. three acres. This is 13 acres total. Mm-hmm. That's working in your favor. This is what I would do, Parker. I would go to LoopNet here. Here's a few listings. These are land listings in the same zip code. In fact, here's that same one. I would contact one or all of the listing agents here. Mm-hmm. And I would say, give me, please give me a price on this property. And tell them and how fast can I you sell it? And then whether or not you're in escrow, let them think you are like, yeah. Hey, I'm just about to close on this. That's all you got to say. And then you know what you think about it. 
just justify that price really mm -hmm. strong, justify it. Hopefully you can get a listing agent out of these conversations in LoopNet, mm -hmm. a good one that you, that you all click with. This is a great, great piece of property. Right. Jill, you have something inspirational to share. Okay. This is, this, this is going to be a little bit of a controversial show for us, which I, <laughs> I, I, so. I love it. So as I was thinking of this topic for today, Jack very nicely said, um, do you need to talk to me about something? Like, you came to me like, look, if you want to say something, let me know. Because I started my sentence with, here's how men think about us sometimes, you know? And he's like, what are you, where are you going with that? I'm like, I'll save it for the show. So here's my, here's my inspirational thing I want to talk about for a moment. It's still going on. It still happens that a lot of people, mainly men, um, are threatened. I see them being threatened by strong women. I'm, I, you know, I thought this would be done years ago. I thought that, you know, you know, we've, we've changed from the fifties and sixties, obviously, but I'm still coming up against, you know, she's strong. Is she strong or is she bitchy? Depends on if you're asking a man or a woman, not kidding. So feel free to weigh in on here and feel free oh, to I ask will. me. Oh, okay. <laughs> ask me questions. Let's take the gender out of this. I mean, we can get back to it, but let's take no. the gender out of it for a second. All right. You know, I think that I agree with you. There's a very fine line, and this goes with her men too. Are, are men being a you know DIC mm -hmm. asterisk, or are they you know being a, a a leader? And so I think that there's a lot of things that can be misconstrued by people who believe they're receiving negative stuff, like women are receiving um, some type of response that they don't want because they're women. And so I'm not talking about you specifically at all. Just take a step back with me. Uh, take a step back for a second and, and consider this. Maybe what's going on and how you're, you're not being received by whomever might be doing this, your perception is, is just because you're having a bad day or, and not you, but. Oh, great. You know. Turn it around that it's the women's fault. No, I took oh, the gender out of it. Oh, okay. I took the, Good. I mean, Turn around that we're emo too emotional look, then? Let me give you an example. All right. Again, this is not about women. We'll talk about women in a second, but if you are having a tough time communicating with the checkout person in the grocery store, my first reaction is, all right, what am I doing wrong? Am I not smiling? Am I not, you know, what, what am I doing that's wrong? That's my first response. And it's sometimes you can rectify it really quick, smile a little bit more, tell a joke, thank, thank the person and all of that. Or really what could be going on is that that person's a whack job. And they're just, they shouldn't have that job anyway, or they're having a bad day, or it's them, not you. So I think a lot of stuff can be solved right there. I think that if you're not getting the response out of somebody that you really expect to or, or want, look inside yourself. If it's not solvable, I'm probably 50-50, then start, you know, looking at the person and saying, you know, I'm just not going to use that checkout line anymore. Here's the reason I want to talk about this today. It's, it's I appreciate your story and your and your input, but for me, it's bigger than that. I am here right now sitting next to you to promote women land investors, period. Any, <laughs> actually, any woman in business, by the way, but specifically what I know the best is women land investors. I'm about to get What do I come across a lot of time is pushback. 
You know, I get sometimes, no, no offense, it's just... You can stop it, saying no offense. Okay, I, sorry. I don't take offense to okay. any of this. I love that we're talking about it, and I'm sure that you're right. Let's just This is stuff that we talk about. Descri- this let's this just, is why I have the Land Academy Ladies Group. If you're, if you're a struggling woman, land invest, and you're like, yeah, then join our group, How by the way. How many times have you sat on this call what? Uh, in this environment and said, if you're a woman and you're answering the phone, you can uh, disarm True. an angry seller much faster and probably get a deal done faster True. if you're a woman. True. A thousand. Why? So how is that a threat? The, you know what it is? It's just strong women are still getting a bad rap where men will, will look to people like Steve Jobs, you know, or somebody like that. A crazy, uh, maybe even Elon Musk rolling in and firing people and he's celebrated, celebrated. Okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong here. I'm just saying it's a, it's a different reaction than if it was a woman. I bet if it was Stephanie Jobs or Alanya Musk, fill in the blank. Is that a she, real person? No, I'm making it up. But um, if someone, a woman came in, bought X, started firing everybody, I think it'd be a different thing. I, I just do. I still see that and I still feel it. Um, because hey, in, in our company, I love our company. We have a really strong female to male ratio of people within Land Academy. I'm talking our staff, not only our staff, actually. So personally, I feel good about that, but also our member community. That's not I've intentional, got by so the way. So many. The no, we that, pick the best. The we do that, pick the best. They're the best people for the job. Correct. But there's still uh, times that comes up, and mostly me. You know, and I'm so I'm like, I just want to speak out and share a little bit of my truth. And so other people know that it's you're not nuts, that it still goes on and it probably always will go on. But it's just kind of like I wish I could. I need her. I wish I could make it. I need examples. Stop, you know, of people, you know, of that pushback that, you know, you're being too hard or you need to reword this or something like why why would because no one would ever things like that come up things need to be reworded or rewritten or told a different way and i've never heard that being asked of a man that's hilarious joe but you think that happens oh my god yeah men don't talk about it like you're talking about it right now men don't men reword and represent themselves constantly or they don't succeed in whatever they're trying okay but i tell i can speak personally i am conscious of how i'm delivering a message and why uh and and constantly rewriting it in my head to present it better for whoever the uh the recipient is and there's it's very often like in the grocery store example it's not received well and i am consciously immediately changing that to make sure it all works okay and so, you know, I'm not saying that what you're saying, I am not pushing back right now. I'm not saying okay. that what you're saying doesn't exist. I'm sure it does. I'm just saying, I wonder if you could use it to, so that you're better at, better for it. That's what we talk about behind closed doors at Land Academy Ladies. So I'll what's the problem then? As long as you that. get what you want at the end. That's no, we don't. We don't. We really don't. You know, that's, that's the sad reality. If you really want to know, we go, okay, well, never mind. Okay, that's well, wasted. This is a that's bl- really what happens. That's the 100% truth. The show's going to go long today, folks. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you personally not making enough money or having... No, do you have the leadership? The, Hold on a second. 
Do you have the leadership role that you want within all of our companies? No. Women, uh, you know what? Overall, you know what? I should take it back. I do. I'm speaking for all women. <laughs> Are you poo-pooing me? No, because if you received and are receiving the feedback that you want, the money that you deserve. Well, not necessarily the feedback that I want. Honestly, that's kind of where this came up today. So it still happens. Maybe you should uh, put yourself in a role model position. Oh. Because you're getting what you want, which is what I just heard you okay. say. And you are a strong woman and you own half of everything. And, and that's the right. way it should be. That's what I'm talking about. So I want to talk to I would thank you for your input. You're welcome. Okay. So I'm just trying to talk to other women right now that are listening and thinking about this or doing this and their partners involved or not involved. You know, it still goes on. I know it. I recognize it. You know it. You recognize it. There's still way more men in this this environment, but I have noticed a lot more women coming forward and I love it. And I hope it's because of us and everything that we're doing. And I want to keep getting this message out there that I got your back, man. <laughs> woman, whatever, I got your back, whoever you are, you know, um, we, we, we need to be helping each other. So I'm gonna leave it at that. The message I got out of this is if you're a man and you're a male investor, you got it made, pal. You don't have to work at anything. You you can snap your fingers and everybody around you is going to do what you want them to do. And uh, especially the women are you so much further ahead than your female counterpart. Congratulations. Here's your coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Just the way you like it. (laughs) With arsenic. (laughs) Drink up. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Enough about me. Whew. Jack, what have you got to share with us today? My topic is called questioning everything. Uh, Jill and I, like I said 50 times in the show already, we've been traveling around the country, and it cracks me up as a source of kind of sad humor about how everyone is just going through the motions. They're not... not questioning anything and, and I had this original thought because I'm driving the RV around and we've got at times you know several hours in the car alone with your thoughts and I'm watching the traffic differences between Sunday at 4 p.m. and Monday at 10 p.m. at uh, 10 a.m. and the roads no matter where you are in this entire country right now in the summer are packed on set on Sunday and there's nobody on the road on Monday because everybody's racing back to go to their stupid job. And I, I don't, the, my initial reaction to that is, well, wait a second. How, if, if you want to have all this fun in your RV with your family, it's, why, why don't you sit down for a second and maybe hopefully with your uh, spouse, as long as she doesn't think that um, you're threatened by strong women, sit down with your spouse and try to figure out you know what jobs you can change personally or what some changes that you can make so you don't have to do this I, I i don't think there's enough questioning of everything you know if you're not happy or you have to travel on sunday you don't want to and go back to your job you should question that the other thing too which is just shocking to me this shocks me is the seasonality of the places that we're visiting and so the net effect of that like we just spent a month in michigan in northern Michigan, which is fairly rural compared to the rest of the state. Rural, but beautiful. So it ends up being this summertime paradise and frozen in the winters. It cuts off the economy 
you know, you've got four months of economy. So everywhere I go, I'm used to saying, because we live in Scottsdale, I'm used to saying, oh, my God, these tourists are here again. It's March. Everybody wants to watch baseball. I can't stand it. So I, I kind of reflect that in all the people that we come across. Like, oh, you know, oh, we're the tourists here, you know, sorry in advance. And they're like, oh, no, no. We make all of our money in four months, and then we, you know, we don't do anything for the, the rest of the year. And so, and, and they're not saying that in a positive way. So they, they have a four-month-a-year economy. Well, maybe you should question that. Like, here's a great example of, of somebody who made this really work for them. We stayed in a what I call a highfalutin RV park in northern Michigan. Uh, very, very upscale, and they encourage you to get your rig detailed you know, whenever you want. So the guy's got Florida plates on all of his, he's got probably six rigs in that whole park cleaning full time, you know, inside and out. So I, I got to talking to him. I'm like, what's the deal with Florida? He's like, well, there's a couple of these parks just like this down in Florida. And so we, and during the other off season, during the winter, everybody goes down there. So we clean there. And then we come back up to Michigan and we clean there. So he's created for himself a 12-month economy instead of being stuck to the weather or tied to the weather. So he questioned it, made some changes, and the dude's smashing it. I did the math on that. Mm-hmm. And he's a super, super, super nice guy. I don't remember his name. I think it was Eric. Mm-hmm. Anyway, please question everything if you're not happy, especially if you're a woman. Oh, I do. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll question it for you. <laughs> And Jack loves that about see how, me. See how quiet she is during this kind of stuff? Why what? No, I don't know. I, I had a lot to say during your uh I know. I was kind of wondering women. that. I know. I was just letting you go. I, I, that's you your. You know what? Here's another thing. Uh-oh. If you're threatened as a woman or you're not being taken as seriously as you think you should, you're questioning that. I think that's fantastic. And I think you're capable as a strong woman. To change some stuff. Oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> you don't have to, you know, exactly. continually hang out with men who don't uh, value f- you for who you are and what you're capable of. Right. You know that it's includes, not you. That includes you, Jill. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Hey, by the way, don't forget, you can reach us for questions or for help. If you want to get involved, learn more, just send a text. 480-530-7383. Join us next Wednesday for another interesting episode. You are not alone in your real estate ambition. We, we are Jack, Jack and Jill. Jill. Information and inspiration. To buy undervalued property. <laughs>